Hey, Justin. Hey, Fat Dave Grohl. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Cameron. Hi. How's it going? It's uh, it's going. I'm in my geek lair. Coming yep. to yeah. See, my entire home is my geek lair. I don't have just like one floor. Yes, says the man that has a damn jukebox in his living room, which is freaking awesome, by the way. Yeah, you know, when uh, you can afford wife's luxuries, it's uh, <laughs> it ain't bad. <laughs> my luxuries are my collection <laughs> and my toys. <laughs> Which I only play with, you know, very rarely because I don't take them out of the box. Yeah. Um, no, it's like a what's a the prospector Stinky Pete. Oh God! <laughs> Is that his name, Stinky Pete? Yes. Golly, that's uh reminds me of so many other things that I've seen on the internet. Okay, <laughs> I try not to click those links. Sometimes you fat finger, man. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you, you, sometimes you, you click the link and then you're like, huh, maybe. And then you're like, oh, no, definitely not. Click off. <laughs> and then it's like, have you heard of a stinky pee? Do you want to? <laughs> Is that like an Alabama hot pocket or a. <laughs> well, Cincinnati. we're off to a raring start for Southern hostility. <laughs> Oh, good thing I use, um, I use incognito tabs. Yeah. So you're going to have to fill me in on all of this training camp stuff because I'm the grumpy old man who's like, I'll believe it when I see it. And I've like stuck my head in the sand and like basically ignored it. So just to start off though, <clears throat> Here's my visual of what the check-in process for the media is like. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a feeling that it's like Monsters, Inc., like as you're walking onto the scare floor and like they're taking your temperature, they're asking you a million different questions. You know, you've got to get the abuse form into this folder <laughs> and all of that stuff. Um it's way simpler than that. Yeah. Martel's like, you know, he pops one, <laughs> one degree over. And so they're shaving his whole body and giving him a shower. <laughs> That's that. So just like on a scale of one to 10, how accurate is that? Um, four and a half. Okay. <laughs> so, so the, the shaving of the Martel part, that's the accurate one. Yes, that is totally accurate. I've witnessed it. Um, we do have a separate folder on Dropbox that we've shared with people. <laughs> awesome Gonna but really share that link it's, it's, only if you guys know the secret knock um but it has been it has been an interesting experience but very easy parking in a different parking garage usually it's the parking garage that opened for the formerly known as tavern 96 now pete and terry's that um bar that's at the sobro entrance to bridgetown arena parking in that garage now and it's secured your name has to be on a list just to have the garage door open for you then you go in, you find a parking spot, but then you have to make sure you're wearing your mask, obviously. They have little stickers, remind people to be six feet apart if you're standing in line to go through the health check. And we go through the health check, and they obviously check your name there again. 
Then you answer the questions of, are you feeling well today? Have you had a temperature over 100.4? Have you traveled outside of the country in the past two weeks? Have you done this? Have you done this? And it's, I think, six or seven questions, so not too bad. And then they take the temperature on your forehead. And if you're good, you go to the next thing, which is the metal detector, which is typical. Do that, you get a little sticker and you're told you're assigned seat, you walk around and they have assigned seats where they do every other row and three seats in between people. Obviously everybody wearing their masks. So it's very, it's been, a, I felt very safe there of all activities that I feel like. I think very, felt very safe and comfortable doing that. And I'm one of those people that if they're, if I'm around even driving near a big crowd, I'm like, ah, right now. <laughs> and that's just driving. Uh, so I felt very comfortable here. And I'm thinking too, you know, if, air filtration or anything is going to be nice. It's going to be there because they're taking care of their athletes, making sure they're very healthy as well. Um, so it's been an interesting process. You don't move from your seats. It is a sign, but it's been nice to have that little touch of normalcy. Get, granted, we're wearing masks. We have to be separated, but hearing Pete Weber tell his stories, which is always fun, um, and then just catching up with everybody that I haven't seen in four months has been an absolute blast. And then I'll obviously seeing hockey taking place and hearing the sounds. If anyone didn't listen to my ASMR of hockey, you probably should do that. And uh, either it's going to put you in the mood for something. I, I don't know what it will, but it'll put you in some sort of mood. <laughs> so, like, last week was the beginning of training camp, technically, right? Right. And next week we get a preseason game, basically. Yeah, so one more week of camp, then they'll travel up to Edmonton. They'll have a preseason exhibition grudge match against the Dallas Stars of, because, of course. And then they roll right into the play-in round and the round-robin games for those that are in the round-robin. I mean, it's, it's happening very quickly. And you could see the progression for how John Hines is running camp because day one was drills, drills, drills. And, you know, covering some basics, covering a lot of things that they just need to do for warm-ups. And then each day progressing to more and more of we're going to run special teams. We're going to run some of these drills where it's team play. We're going to run some of these things where it's more game-like atmosphere. And then today, recording this Sunday, was the first intra-squad scrimmage. And it was a very controlled scrimmage. It wasn't just like, hey, we're going to drop the puck and you're all going to go. But it was a controlled scrimmage where they played a little bit. Then they also did some scenarios. And so they're building up to that game-like atmosphere. And I think it's done really well because – what I've noticed is John Hines and people are noticing more of it. He's a, he's a teacher. He is stopping sometimes and taking people over to the boards. Like, no, this is how we're going to run this very, um, her Brooks, <laughs> except for mile a minute kind of thing, but taking the time to teach, make sure people understand it and not being afraid to stop practice to correct things and work on execution. Cause this is his, this is a training camp. His first full training camp be more than two days between games. So it's been yeah, kind of nice to see him doing that. I was going to ask about that. Like, do you think having this scenario is going to actually have a, a realistic impact like it is a full training camp? Or do you think, like, it's going to kind of help, but until he really gets, like, a full training camp, and will he even get a full training camp going into next season with the way things are looking? Like, who knows? Like, it's kind of going to be a weird situation for a while. It's a good question, but I, I think in terms of where the Predators are at, they were starting to click a little bit better before the pause. I mean, you saw some players starting to amp it up, like Mikhail Glamlin uh, was finally getting it going, and they were putting some – they were stringing wings together. And then all of a sudden, done. And so I think things were starting to click, and the players even said that too, that it started off slow because they knew a new system. But then they, they've even said that 
we felt like we were finally getting comfortable with what we were learning, which is what you want to hear. They're, they're being pretty honest about that too, because everyone knows it takes time when a coach comes in mid season and they have something different because every coach does, it takes time to adjust. And so having these two straight weeks of him implementing his systems, especially when dealing with veteran players and you're not having to go through the whole evaluation process of all these prospects and everything. You have guys that have been playing a certain way and been playing together. There's already chemistry. It's then implementing the things that he wants to see achieved. So I think this is overall going to be very, very good for the Predators And that I've told people now is that expectations should be high. If anything, you go back to what the expectations were at the beginning of the season, giving the talent on this roster and the talent on paper, and that it's okay to have high expectations again because it's a fresh start for every team in this league. And at the beginning of the season, looking at this team and what it could do on paper and what it's accomplished before, and adding more offensive power per se, and continuing on with defense and goaltending being overall can be strong between the two, they should have expectations to at least make a run to the Western Conference Final. That should be the expectation, that and more uh, for the squad. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see because, like, I'm hoping for either complete deep run or knocked out by the Coyotes so we get a run at the first-round pick. The National Predator is not getting Lafreniere. There's, it's not, it's not going to happen. No, well, of course not, but, you know. <laughs> that hope. You want that little bit part of hope. Of, part of me is like, you know, what's really the point this year? Like, it's a little weird. Why not just, you know, oh, we tried, and then, you know, let's go for it. Right. It is. It's a little weird, and I'm sure every team's dealing with this, but I feel a sense of, I don't want to say dumb optimism. I think it's good optimism because a lot of these players, when you think about the ones that really could have used a fresh start this season, like a Ryan Johansson, like a Philip Forsberg, who noted did not have the best February that he typically does, like Victor Arvidsson, who we know was still trying to heal from that hit from Robert Bortuzzo. There's an opportunity for these guys to be healthy and to be fresh and to, to kick it right off and roll and know the pressure's all there. And granted, other teams are feeling the same situations, like Seth Jones with Columbus. He was dealing with a season-ending injury. Now he's back for the season. So other teams are dealing with these same things. But I think for the Predators overall, too, because of expectations, because how they were underperforming, hence why they fired their coach and they brought a new one in and things like that. We look at their placement in the league overall, points-wise – they're actually doing pretty okay. It just wasn't meeting expectations and it wasn't meeting their own expectations because you have players underperforming. So you just imagine that if some of these players were doing just a quarter <laughs> better, like doing 25% better than they were, that'd make the difference between them being in the play-in round or them being in the round robin. And so you know, I yeah. apply that, that type of what-if scenario to what they could accomplish now if this fresh start – does, I'm sorry, I'm boring you. If this fresh start, <laughs> if this fresh start does well, and Pecorine, another one, what he can do when he's well rested. So all those scenarios I think come into play that I don't want to say I'm overly confident, but I just think they're in a good position that they're one of those teams that it will do well for. Whereas I think there's other teams maybe that it won't do the best for because now all these other teams aren't equal playing with them when they might have been riding some crazy momentum like the Boston Bruins. For instance. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're one of the round-robin teams, like, obviously you were clicking, and this pause is probably a problem for you, because, like, we were doing so well, like, it sucks, but, 
you know, if you're not one of those teams and you are in the playing round, like I can't imagine viewing this with anything but optimism, you know, like it's probably good for all of those teams. Cause you know, you're talking about the predators being underperformers, but you know, Arizona has Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall and their goaltending situation is pretty solid. So, you know, them hitting the restart button and kind of being able to reform things, it's probably going to be good for them too. But, you know, that remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm curious if we're going to see with some of these restarts and there's obvious everyone's going to have rust. That's the good thing about this is everyone is on the same the same level with this restart where if anything – the, the players that have the biggest advantage are the European players that went back home mm-hmm. because I think it was Matthias Ekholm said he's been able to skate for weeks before training camp started. So a bunch of these players from Finland and Sweden have been able to skate for a while because, well, they did things right over there and had opportunities to get on the ice more. Um, Dustin, this isn't a political show. Calm down. Anyways, they've had opportunity to skate more, which has been great. Saros even mentioned that, too. He's been able to be on the ice uh, a lot more. So those little things, too, players that maybe have a heavy European influence, those guys probably won't have near as much rust compared to especially the teams with Americans on them because they just haven't been able to hit ice. We can work out as much as possible, but you can't recreate the mechanics of skating on ice without being on ice. Synthetic's even different. That's why it's used for training, but not used for actual gameplay. You just can't copy that. So I'm, I'm very curious, in these, especially in the exhibition games, to see some of these scores and to see some highlights because it's going to be – I think part of it is – the fun of it is going to be there's potential for shit show to happen, but also potential for amazing creative plays to happen too because guys could easily be caught out of position just because of some rust, which could lead to some very crazy creative plays. So I think there's the excitement factor of the what if because this is unknown territory that anything can happen and it could be very it's going to be entertaining no matter what because most of us missed hockey put pandemic aside and stuff that we're still excited to at least watch hockey and hopefully that it does happen that it takes off it does well people stay safe whatnot but it has potentially very entertaining. Yeah, like obviously I'm going to be watching, but I'm still in believe it when I see it mode especially when they're a little more relaxed during this training camp period and like before the bubble I just get this feeling like somebody's gonna mess up and like go to a bar which according to consensus which is the closest thing we have to you know not opinion based but overall the medical community says like going to a bar is one of the more dangerous things you can do um sorry to be political um it's not being political <laughs> this isn't political it's not politics it's just being smart as a professional athlete holy <laughs> shit do you want to be able to play your god dang sport or not don't go to the freaking bar that's all you gotta do just don't go to the bar you want to play your sport well, be personally responsible for yourself like i know you were firm in the they should do this in vegas camp for obvious reasons like it made a lot of sense that you were in that camp but Dear Lord, could you imagine if they did this in Vegas with now. all the stuff that's coming out about the NBA bubble where right. there's a few breaches and like the whistleblower hotline is getting some calls and you know there's there's Instagram models saying they already got the invite. Right. I, the thing for me with Vegas, what would have been what would have made sense for me is that things being so connected there with the casinos mm-hmm. that if they were going to try it, they probably could lock it down, but the problem comes in a the point of 
still the outside factors coming into play like staff things of that sort that are from the hotel even though they can do everything possible you're still hiding the risk whereas in canada that's why i feel more confident this is going to happen because it's going to be in canada in mm-hmm. places especially edmonton toronto not so much in ontario because even talking with some of my canadian friends uh ontario is the closest to being the united states and uh it's kind of proven true uh, <laughs> with what's going on there in ontario so edmonton i think it, that, that's where it can happen they can do it safely and everything and that's about to sneeze no nope. for me that's why i asked roman yossi the question of in the locker room are are they holding each other responsible i mean as as the captain and of the leaders in there are they holding each other responsible to say hey make sure you go home guys please don't go out get takeout get food delivered all these little things be personally responsible and Yossi said yes i mean that's the sacrifice we have to make they, they have to make that sacrifice to not do the things that they urge to do if they want this thing to take off and to actually happen and for them to be able to do this. And most of these guys, because of what's happening in the U.S., they left their families, but they didn't take them with them to, to Nashville. Nick Benino, I mean, obviously he has a place and a home here in Nashville, but his wife's Canadian, and so his wife and family are in Canada away from this. Ekholm just got married. Uh, to his longtime uh, girlfriend and fiance, they have a son together, and because their wedding got delayed and everything was supposed to happen, I think this week was supposed to be their their wedding this weekend, but they were able to get married before he came here, and they're back in Sweden. So most of these players didn't bring their families with them back to Nashville because they know the heightened risk here. So hopefully, them being a little bit older of a group, as we've all seen, the Predators are one of the older teams in the NHL. These guys having families, things like that. The personal responsibility heightens because they know what they're having to sacrifice to be here and do that. All that is to, to say that I think the Predators overall understand that, and I hope I don't see anything like that happen here because you do have some younger guys that came in from Milwaukee. I'm not trying to point out anything. There's just a possibility there. But overall, we haven't seen much of those unfit to play all week. So it's one whole week that we haven't seen unfit to play um, from anybody except for Trenton on, on day one, but he was there day two. Um, and we just don't know what unfit to play means. It could be a positive test. It could be an injury. It could be whatever. Which is funny because, like, for the longest time, we've been hearing, like, oh, they're going to lighten up on that and, like, start giving more details to encourage, like, <laughs> sports betting. And now, like, it's like, nope, we're going in the other direction where we're giving you no information. Which, and a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. It. It, it makes sense. Like, I get it, but it's also, like, this is the most hockey thing I've ever heard where, <laughs> you know. He played through COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it's really interesting. And I'll say this, though. Of all the leagues that have had plans, I think the NHL's is the most well thought out. And nothing's going to be 100% perfect. We, we know that because it's hard to plan for stuff. But at least with the NHL, they've had a pretty good plan in place. It's up to the players then to follow the, the, the plan and to, to abide by the rules that they're putting upon themselves. Cause the PA was a big part of this as well. So they have to do this together in conjunction with everyone. Unlike the MLS, we already have seen what happened there with MLS where they shrunk it to seven days instead of 14. And then two teams weren't able to play in the tournament. So, well, you know, Justin, if this whole situation has taught us anything as a society, it's that you know, people can hold themselves responsible and use the common sense to, you know, better all of humanity. 
that's that's really what we've learned through this whole process we don't need anybody telling us exactly what to do we can figure it out on our own and we're going to be there for each other every time i thought what we learned was that since this happened in 1920 and 2020 that 2120 is going to be a shit show as well that's what i've learned <laughs> god is that is that something you actually saw no i just made that up right now oh god <laughs> But I mean, if it happens in twenty one twenty, then then we pretty much are predicting it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Make a movie about that, like a twenty twelve. Oh my gosh! Oh, can you imagine some of the awful movies that are going to come out about this? Which ones are going to get greenlit? And <laughs> I told you we need to write a romantic comedy where a couple splits up the day that lockdown begins and. They come together and learn to love again. I didn't realize that we wrote for Oxygen or Lifetime or Hallmark. No, I'm telling you, we we could write a full-blown romantic comedy, focus on comedy, and, like, it could be a big hit. Like, I love my rom-coms when rom-coms are done well. Um, What was that one with uh, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron that came out? It was, like, a long shot. Yeah. That one was really good. It was good? Okay. I need to see it. Yeah, I we uh my wife and I really like that. That one does get political because she's you know <laughs> right. Hey, you, you know. remember going to the movie theater? I remember going. Yes, to the theater. that was something. <laughs> yeah, um, man, the movie theater, going to the arena, like there's a whole lot where I'm just like, it was weird. Oh. So speaking of the arena, this is what's weird. Walking in, so walk in and walking by concession stands, walking by the little the twice daily and everything. And there's still food in these things. Now, granted, when you think about the kind of food that are in these, it's packaged foods and things that aren't going to expire for a long time. Yeah. But it's still the point that that food has been sitting there now since early March. Again, it is still safe and everything to consume because the expiration date on these things are probably months away. Yeah. They're loaded up with enough preservatives to take down a bull elephant, so they'll be fine. They'll be fine, but it's just the whole thinking of this thing has not been open for four months. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not going to be opening anytime soon. And so it just makes you wonder, like, I'm sure there's a plan in place that they could donate that if they absolutely get to the point where they need to and all that stuff. But it's still crazy. Have you ever been, like, on a long road trip where you're like – you know, this Diet Dr. Pepper, man, it tastes like it's gone south. Like, I don't know what's up with it. Or like, man, these bugles, like, I don't know. Like, are, are am I sure these are caramel flavor? Like, <laughs> these aren't like white cheddar. What's funny is bugles is the one thing that when I pointed that out, that Vingen, Adam Vingen noticed. Like, yeah, what about the bag of bugles right there? <laughs> uh, yeah. But, like, think about that, like, because, like, I guarantee you, you walk into Bridgestone Arena and grab one of those, and it tastes perfectly fine. So then think about when you got that bag of Bugles or that Diet Dr. Pepper or what have you, and it tastes like it's gone bad, how long has that been sitting in that tiny little gas station in between here and Jackson or wherever you happen to be going to where it tastes like that? That's why dates matter, right? Yeah. And the one on this one says September of uh, 2020. So I'm good. 
So for the listening audience at home, what he's got there is a caffeine-free Diet Coke, which basically means they added some food coloring and an Alka-Seltzer. Dude, it is like 10 o'clock at night, and I just wanted a Coke, but I don't want to be up because caffeine affects me. See, I feel like I could drink two cups of coffee and go straight to bed. It's because you're weird. (laughs) It'll be late night, you'll have a Diet Dr. Pepper, and you'll be like... Yep. I can't do that. It'll give me nightmares. I'll have some freaky-ass dreams if I have caffeine after 6 p.m. It's like a gremlin in my head if it gets fed. Have you had any weird dreams lately? Yeah, man. I'm trying to think right off the top of my head of what things... I've had, like, high school dreams... I've had okay. dreams about college and everything, like reminiscing stuff, especially because I'm seeing people from college and high school posting weird shit on Facebook that I've had to either unfriend or mute. <laughs> See, I've just been going straight for unfriend lately. Like, yeah. yeah, I got no time for your conspiracy theories. You know, <laughs> if you say that's what they want you to think, you're out of there. God. <laughs> And it's not being ironic. And it's not being ironic or funny. No. (laughs) No, like, legit, like, oh, if somebody mentioned sheep and they're not joking, let's get out of here. This is my thing, and this is getting political, but it's political in an overall sense, is if you think the government is wise enough to pull off some of this shit, have you met the government? (laughs) Yeah. Well... And then, you know, hate to be political and discuss medical advice again. Um, But if you think everyone from like a pharmacy technician all the way up to the big wigs at a pharmaceutical company or hospital or whatever, think about the staff that works in the medical industry. Every single one of them is on board to make this whole thing up. Every single one one they're going to like a seminar each day being like we got them guys like we got good (laughs) we got them good let's do this (laughs) it was the memo on the tps report so yeah everybody got that (laughs) yeah no they're adding chips to the viruses and you know it's the 5g man yeah I've got some stuff I can add, which is going to get triggered by the 5G. Let's do this. (laughs) Oh, boy. But, yeah, so training camp has been fun. (laughs) Yeah. What I've liked about this, too, is we are getting to see some young guys as well participate. And so it's been good to see Ellie Tolvanen get some opportunities, Daniel Carr, even though he's not a young guy because he's been a pro for a while, but he's getting opportunities with the big club. Um, today, got to see a little bit of Alex Carrier and Rem Pitlick out there during the scrimmage. So they're getting more opportunities to skate with their future teammates. And Carl Taylor's getting more opportunity to work with players uh, and the team as well and get to know the coaching staff even better. So overall, it's been interesting to see this. And I'm just very curious to see how this gets pulled off because you think we're nearing the end of July and the questions we're asking is, obviously, you want to be playing until October, which is just crazy because October is when the season usually starts. And usually these questions in, that we're asking about playoffs are in April talking about June. Like, yeah, you know, this team wants to be able to play deep into June. Now we're saying deep into late September, early October, which is when we're used to starting. Uh, uh, so it's throwing me off. And obviously in today, too, 
It was supposed to be the day that we were going to be returning from our penalty box radio cruise with Stu Grimson and Lindsey Raleigh. Man, that cruise, like, <laughs> that cruise has been attempted how many times? Like, at least twice. Yep. So, and this one actually sold really well. So, I mean, it, we, it was going to be fun. And then when you think about it, too, the season is going to end when my light is messing up on me. Can you see that? Yep. <laughs> You're in the dance club. One second. I'm leaving this in. So Justin has left. I can see blinking, reflecting off of what I believe to be a Deadpool um, uh, vinyl pop. <clears throat> um, it is not blinking anymore. I think he just turned it off. Because I had to. Now he's speaking at a distance and not directly into the microphone. Because I had to. be a professional. There we go. <laughs> Hey, be careful. It's been a dangerous time to whisper things under your breath on microphone lately. <laughs> yes, you're correct about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I see some bobbleheads and some, yeah. <clears throat> um, maybe I'll talk about things. I, I don't have anything interesting in the room I'm in. I've got some hats. Um, I've got a cool Preds hat I can show people if you're watching on whatever video this is. <clears throat> so, yeah, looks just like a Preds hat. Boom. Claws under the bill or the teeth. Um, <clears throat> somebody gave me this hat. It does not fit on my head. Oh, man. <laughs> It's it looks, a sna- like, looks like it's out of the 90s. Yeah, like, it's a cool hat. Like, I wish I cool could hat. wear it. But it's, like, for a, you know, a tween. It's a tween-sized hat. It's a snapback. It's not so meant for husky not- folk. No, if you've got a head like mine, you know, it's not oh, going to work. So what was I saying? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I told you not to go towards the light and you did anyway. Yeah, it was weird. That's that's the weird way of it showing me that it's about to lose battery as it starts doing the Independence Day that we're going to try to communicate with them. And then it fires on the helicopter. Yep. That. Oh, man. That movie's underrated. I love that movie. Dude, I, people make fun of Independence Day, but that is one of my favorite like, doomsday movies. Because mm-hmm. even though there's some ridiculous moments in it, it is highly quotable, mm-hmm. and it's not highly quotable for che- there's cheese in it, but Will Smith makes it so quotable because yeah. of his delivery of some of the cheesy lines. Um, have you seen Pacific Rim? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I feel like that one scratches the same itch because yeah. like Idris Elba is like, first of all, don't touch me. Second of all, don't touch me. Like <laughs> perfect, beautiful, love it. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Now, Independence Day Resurgence is a big old pile heaping of shit. I watched it and it was fine, but yeah, it does not. It's gross. No. It's awful. Yeah, there's something to be said about like the perfect dumb summer blockbuster movie, and that's definitely one of them. Well, what's um, funny to those. me is Roland Emmerich had his had the big thing going with like Doomsday movies, and then it seems like it's just gone downhill whenever he tries to release a new one. 
So I, there, now, oh, I forgot. On Netflix, they had this, it was a doomsday movie, but it was in Norwegian with subtitles and everything. It was about a dam breaking in Norway because of an earthquake, completely like destroying, decimating the town and everything. And it was really good, even though I'm having to read subtitles. It was a really, really good movie. I really enjoyed it. It's not too often I enjoy foreign films like that, where I don't understand the main language of the characters and have to read subtitles. But doomsday movie, I was in. Yeah, I started watching um, Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. And, like, I'll watch stuff with subtitles, but, like, an episode came up that, like, took place in France, and it was entirely subtitles. And I'm like, well, I can't play on my phone and watch this. So I skipped the next episode. Oh, so you actually had to pay attention? Well, if I go in knowing, like, hey, there's going to be subtitles, like, I'll pay attention and watch, but... Like, you can't spring subtitles on me, like, out of nowhere. Like, episode one and two is in English, and then episode three, I don't know where it's subtitles. Like, skip, let's go. Uh, Les incompetents. Yeah, so maybe that's why that one it remains unsolved. Like, it's going to be forever a mystery, because we just skipped that episode. You're what the French call les incompetents. Yeah. That's Home Alone, by the way. I, I'm aware. Thank you. I'm just I'm making aware. sure because <coughs> I have one of these. Women edition of 3000. Wow. Yeah, dude. And uh, <coughs> nope, that's not it. But I have the set. <laughs> nice. Yes. Because of course I have the set. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So I think on the last episode we talked about uh, Clone Wars. Since then you've watched uh, Star Wars Rebels. And finished that one. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I think overall, the last season, especially the last four episodes of Clone Wars aside, I enjoyed Rebels more. And I had a few people actually say that I would. And the reason why is because we got to know so many characters that we never knew before. In Clone Wars, really the only new character was Ahsoka, which I'm an Ahsoka stan uh, with this, just because I want more of her development and see what she's done and really doing the gray Jedi thing was great because that's why for me, like even I'm ordering uh, Star Wars masks on Etsy, I'm like, I don't want Jedi order. Those idiots didn't know what they were doing. Why the hell would I want to support that? So, <laughs> so that whole aspect comes in, but then we see that as well with Kanan too, that he was questioning a lot of things of the Jedi order and the Jedi council and everything too. But I really liked how they focus on the character development because they had two young people in rebels and with, with Sabine as well, which is an Ezra. That's why I liked it because she had her own trials that she had to go through as an Ezra. And they really did develop these characters and developing the relationship um, as well. So I, I really liked it. I liked how they character build and it's because Dave Filoni is a freaking genius uh, when it comes to Star Wars, especially in how to story build and character build and build plots and, and things like that. And I felt like they had a better direction with Rebels than Clone Wars because Clone Wars are so jumbled in terms of actual episode order with the way they produced it. And that's just showing how you, if you really want to watch the true order of them, it's mixed up everywhere. Um, but with Rebels, we got a whole different story that it wasn't just filling in these gaps. Yes, it was filling in a gap, but it's how the Rebellion really got its start and how they came together and everything and not just how Rogue One was how they stole the plans or right into New Hope, but really showing the building of the rebellion and what all involved and entailed. And that's what I really enjoyed about Rebels. And that's why I hope that we get something that is 
the search for Ezra, even if it's like a six episode event or something like that, that then entails what they do there. Or um, I know the Bad Batch is being is coming out too. So I'm kind of excited to see what that will entail if, if there's any crisscross or crossover there too. Yeah, when they put that in there on the um, in the season, you kind of got the vibe like they're going to do something else with these characters. Like this isn't just here for no reason. Like it's definitely going to be something. But there's so much more, and that's and that's what I'm liking now is with Star Wars that they've done such a good job that it doesn't always have to be movie related anymore. Mm-hmm. These animated series are giving them opportunities to really explore character development and explore new <clears> things, and that's what I've really enjoyed. Man- Mandalorian's on a different level too, but yeah. the animated series gives them some flexibility to do a lot of things that they can't pull off in live action. I'm glad you brought that up with the you can't pull it off in live action and all of that. I want a Clone Wars style series for Marvel with Captain America, Falcon. Uh, Black Widow between mm-hmm. Civil War and uh, Infinity War, where they're tooling around everywhere. They're on the run in a Quinjet. Give me that series. I want to watch that, where they're traveling around helping people. I mean, you basically could just call it Nomad. That's mm-hmm. the name of the series. I mean, <laughs> that's what you really could do. And because that's really what he became, because he got rid of the shield. Yeah. He got rid of the, the namesake of Captain America, really, in that, and that became Nomad. Yeah, and they like reference like you know, you know they've done a lot in that time period, and like you know the hotels weren't so glamorous that whole line. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely something there that I can see explained and yep. gone in depth with, and I think it'd be really interesting. And animated be the route to go because you don't have to worry about the voice actors because mm-hmm. you change that up, you get people that are similar, but they don't have to be exactly the same. Because that's what we noticed in Clone Wars, they got similar enough, but they were still different enough as well. And then you forgot about it a few episodes in. Yep. You weren't thinking, oh, that's not Ewan McGregor. Yeah. You forgot about it because it becomes so similar enough that, okay, they're pulling it off. That's not the first thought because the story's so good anyways. Yeah. And the episodes are good. So you forget about that. And I think the same thing with Marvel. That'd be perfect to pull off is all these different fill-in stories. So we don't have to worry about it being a movie. And then what's it doing too? It's creating more money for you. Like all these Disney Plus series are going to be coming out telling these different stories. But then you're not having to spend as much money either when you do an animation necessary because you don't have these special effects you have to put into place, these big stunts and stuff like that. And it gives an opportunity to really storytell to where if an actor has to leave, you're not SOL because of that. Under yeah. And there are a lot of like Marvel cartoons and stuff out there, but you yeah. have to do it the same way Corn Wars does where you got, yeah. you get people who are invested in telling those stories in other ways. Like George Lucas was pretty hands-on with Clone Wars in certain ways. Um, John Favreau, like you're getting A-list talent to help out with this project. That's what needs to take place for something like that to work. And what was good too is <coughs> George Lucas trusted Dave Filoni mm-hmm. to do things. And having that type of relationship where you bring someone in that you trust with your story, your universe that you built is really important. And that's the thing with Marvel too, is that you have these animated series, but they're not necessarily MCU I mean, look how Agents, I don't think you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started off being fully connected to the MCU. And it became very difficult after a couple seasons to keep tying in these movies because there's so many MCU movies out there. It's like, well, how do we tie all this in? Because I remember they tied in Thor Dark World. They were able to tie I bet that they regret in. that. Because, because they had to go do the cleanup 
in Greenwich. <laughs> um, and then I think they tied in Avengers. And then they kind of like started scaling off from there. They had to tie in Avengers because that was when Coulson went off to do Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, but yeah, so it's very interesting the way they're pulling it off. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, this is we're in a different universe now because time travel and everything came into play. So they did have to separate it all. Um, but that's where you bring in somebody you trust with this, with the universe to tell the stories that can connect everything without being loopholes. Because now we know everyone's looking for loopholes. Everyone's looking for plot holes that, that exist because of things that were left out, especially in Star Wars between the sequels. Dear God. Yeah, uh, let's not get into that. And <laughs> <clears throat> But yeah, it's, 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 I'm, I'm very curious to see where they go with this because I think at, with the announcement of the Bad Batch that even more so Disney is seeing the importance of these animated series that, yeah, you might put on Disney XD, but you know darn well adults are going to be watching this because they're so invested in the universe. Yeah, it's interesting because you go to the Star Wars tab on Disney Plus and all of it's pretty well connected, but you go to that Marvel tab and you're like, there's a billion cartoons I'm never going to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's what I think that I've noticed as well is uh, so much under Marvel and in Star Wars, they have a few different little things. They're like, ah, I don't think I'm going to watch Resistance. That doesn't seem too enticing to me, and I haven't seen people talk about it either. I started it, and no, it's, it's not, not for me. Yeah. But Disney, things going directly to Disney Plus gives value to that, but with the whole delay of Falcon and Winter Soldier and all these other things that we've been looking forward to now for over a year... <laughs> Um, it's just having to wait for these little series because that's going to fill in some some things too and, and bring us into the next phase because Falcon Winter Soldier is taking place after um, Endgame, which is yep. going to be interesting too. So yeah, I'm very excited for all these things. The nerd in me loves it. The geek in me loves it. And now we're going to have hockey back. And what's funny, so bring it back to hockey. Um, I had someone ask if I was going to Edmonton and it's like, <laughs> no, I doubt I can even get in the country <laughs> because when the commissioner... And and VP of the league are, aren't even sure if they can get into the country for their tournament. That's saying something about it. I know Sarah McClellan, who covers the Minnesota Wild, she entered Canada, I think it was a few days ago, to start her 14-day quarantine as someone from the United States, just so she can cover the tournament up there. That, that's, that's a lot to be up there and just say, I'm going here to be locked in a hotel for 14 straight days to cover something where you don't get to actually interview the players in person, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's just to be there in the rink to experience it, which is will be pretty neat and interesting. But I don't have the money to do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, definitely not. You don't want to be locked down for multiple months with nothing else to do? I mean, if I had my video games. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like you're with the NBA bubble where they get like, you know, comedians and, you know, early access to Marvel movies and things like that. Right. Dude. I, cause I asked, um, folks, if you haven't listened to my interview with Philip Tomasino, please make sure you listen to my interview with Philip Tomasino. But I asked him what he's, what he's doing because he's not from here. He doesn't have a family down here. Not, obviously not married or anything. It's like, what are you doing down in Nashville? He goes, I go to the rink. I go back to my room. I, a nap i eat i play video games that's that's it <laughs> sounds sounds like the life right <laughs> but that's that's the kind of the, the life they're having to, to live right now and if, when you think about it overall it would get pretty boring after a while yeah mm. yeah you want you, you want to be able to have the, the freedom to do some other things if you can but 
It's part of the sacrifice they're making. Yeah. Just to be here. Yep. All right. Anyways. Anything else you want to talk about before we say goodbye? Stop complaining about the game times for the Predators. Dear God, you're getting hockey back, and then people want to bitch about, oh, my God, they're all at 1 or 1.30. I'm working here at the time. They have how many games during a day that they have to play, people? Holy shit, just be glad it's back. You're, you're complaining that it wasn't back. Now it's back. You're complaining about the, when the game times are. At least it's consistent. That's not like they have an 8.30 game the night before and then a 1 o'clock game the next day. Shit. Yeah, I just got done canceling my cable, so now I have to figure something else out, which <laughs> – so let me complain about that, I guess. Hulu Live, I think, will carry it, right? Yeah, but, like, that's just as expensive as cable and you get less channels, but no contracts, but blah, 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 like... One of damn. the Sling packages, I think, has it, too. Yeah. You'll find it. You'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll steal it somewhere. No. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> you pay for it, Mr. Gumpy. I joke, but, like, I don't want to watch it, like, on a computer. I actually want to watch it, like, on my TV screen, so. Your, your nice big TV screen? Yeah. With your surround sound? I don't have surround sound. I've got a sound bar. With a nice woofer, it's surround enough. It feels like it's surround. It fills the room. Yeah. That's nice. Like that. Well, thank you for having me, sir. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> Anything you want to complain about? Um, no, like... I just feel real bad that we got so in depth into politics on this episode. Like, I just want to apologize. I don't want to alienate anyone. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. You know, a lot of uh, medical experts out there who, uh, <clears throat> I heard from one doctor that all the other doctors and blah, 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 blah. So, copy, you know, copy paste, copy paste. If I die, I die. At least other people were enjoying themselves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Southern never end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wear a mask. That's uh that's the final message of this show. Like yeah. Like I really hope they make you wear a mask soon. So you please know be kind to the retail workers, please. Yeah. Come on, Karen. And Kyle. Yeah. Be kind. Susan. <laughs> uh, um, what other names could there be? Um, plenty. Yeah. Plenty. I, I, I need to go look at my blocked list on Facebook. I can come up with plenty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Aki's coming soon. Yeah. Don't be able to believe it when he sees it. <laughs> yeah. That's for real though like i put a poll up on twitter where i was like how many teams do you expect to be um out of this tournament before it even begins and i think the answer was two um interesting yeah so we'll see if uh public perception holds but yeah i'm expecting two let's see if uh <coughs> two teams at least are gonna mess it up for themselves so we'll see I hope not. For the sake for the sake of this happening, I hope not. Well, every team is like, "Oh, I'll do anything to win the Stanley Cup." Will you stay away from a bar? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> St. Louis, <clears throat> <laughs> because they already won it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's their reason. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thanks All for right. tuning in, folks, and dealing with us. Appreciate it as always. Yeah. See you later. Bye. Bye.